Oh yeah! What's up? Hey! 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 That's a jam. You're welcome. Alright, alright. We'll let it play for a little bit and then um, bring it down. Just a moment or so. This beat in particular is called Strings in Things. What's it called? String? I don't know. Strings in Things, maybe. Probably. Um, and of course, this is one of my beats that I made. Before I go into that, um, you're listening to Mills Speaks. And I'm Mills the Virgo. And it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I, um, my last episode was the 30th episode. Um, it was talking about doors opening and closing, and a good friend of mine listened to that episode, and this was, of course, back in, I don't know, man, this was, what, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago or so, um, and a good friend of mine was listening to it, and she was telling me about how September is the month of change, apparently, which I'm super blessed to have been born in September, um, but no, she said that's the, um, the month for endings and beginnings, or endings, I can't remember, but I'll, let's just roll with both, because, you know, sometimes you have endings and beginnings at the same, like, both things are, one thing can be both, you know, so, um, so yeah, so yeah, um, I, it's been a while, I guess maybe three weeks or so, and, and it's not just, you know, this podcast, it's the How to Get Away with Murder. I haven't had an opportunity to record, watch it, or record it, actually, um, with with Rachel, my good friend, who we do the show together. Um, we uh, have been distracted. There's been a series of things. I think October was the start of the birthday for, for Rachel. She had the birthday going, and then um, I think I watched that week. But... I didn't record because I wasn't going to record without her. So there was no point in taking notes and all that kind of stuff, which I should have done, right? So then, like, next week, I honestly don't know what happened, the timeline and how it's set up. All I do know is is that I talked about the beginnings and the endings in the last episode. And it, uh, since we have last spoke, my beginning was a part-time job. Um, let me tell you something. Uh, I made the worst decision that a person like myself can do, right? I am a huge electronics person. Like, I love all things electronic. I went and got a a part-time job at Best Buy, yeah. It's like, uh, a a friend of mine said it's like taking taking a a candy-addicted person to the candy store, taking the crackhead to the crack den, uh, taking Jamila to Best Buy. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, there's nothing in the store that I don't love. Nothing. I mean, I'm talking car appliances and, and car, and, and car fi, alright? I love the, the refrigerators and the washers and dryers, specifically the Samsungs that are so damn awesome. There's a refrigerator you can literally knock on it two times and the, the fucking light comes on so you don't have to open the light. You know what I'm saying? Listen, 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 listen. I can't take it. Um, 
they got them Dyson fans in there, man. Of course, they got the the TVs. TVs are everywhere. They got the TVs, the computers, you know, the the the, the, the Apple watches, the the Fitbits, the Samsung watches. You know, everybody's got a watch now. Um, trying to think of anything else. Of course, video games, video game consoles. Um, you know. Get your tablet, get you a push to start for your car. They'll install it for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, there's nothing in the store I don't like. Connected home? I didn't even know that was a section till I till I started working there. That's the, that's the you know Alexa and the Google Home shit. Yeah, you can get light bulbs and shit. Talk to Google and tell it to turn the shit off, and bam, your lights is off. Okay. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. There's a lot of things in there um, that I know about, of course, and then there's a few things in there that I'm just like, do what not. And which is awesome because obviously I'd always want to stay ahead of the curve as it pertains to electronics and all kinds of shit like that. So while I say it's a bad, a bad situation, it's really great. I, I enjoy it. It's just another job for me. You know what I'm saying? Just another way to get some ex- additional income. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's, it's been about three weeks. I think this is my third week working. And uh, it's doing good. It's doing good. I had a string of days off in this week right here, which has been very helpful. So I said, well, while I'm off, go ahead. Let's go ahead and record so that I can, you know, be a little more consistent with this. Because I actually miss doing this shit. I actually miss editing and, you know, taking down notes of bullshit that has occurred over you know the week or so i have so much stuff we might have to just start backwards we might have to just start backwards let's do that let's start backwards with the most recent stuff and then i can move to the stuff that i actually wrote down or jotted down and wanted to talk about um um actually no we're not gonna do that we're gonna go from the stuff that i actually wrote and then we'll go into this current shenanigans the main current shenanigans I have to talk about is, of course, your boy T.I. with his bullshit and his craziness. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm, I'm just trying to get to my notes. That's all this is. Let's see. All right. I think I have, like, multiple entries. Yeah. I got multiple entries for this. I do. Okay. All right, all right. So, this is what I have. First thing up. First thing up. Well, first, I didn't talk about the beat. The beat, I made the beat along with all the other beats. Um, I even think that that beat in particular was made with a specific, like, I think I remember the program I used to make it. Um, and I think I was just fooling around because it's not really a, a beat that I like want to really do something on or give somebody to do. I mean, if they wanted to buy it, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say no to the money. But, you know, I know it's not my best or greatest beat, but I enjoy it. So we're just going to rock with it. Um, so, okay, so the first thing on my list is hip hop. Hip hop was winning on whatever weekend this was. <laughs> whatever. Whatever weekend this was, um, it says I last modified this on Halloween, and I'm pretty sure that I wrote the first bit before Halloween, so let's just roll with that, um, but hip-hop was winning that weekend, whatever the weekend was with Wu-Tang, when it, when it, uh, wrapped up the season, 
Um, so that weekend in particular, they not only wrapped up Wu Tang on Hulu, but they released the Rhythm and Flow song, which is on um, the Rhythm and Flow show that's on uh, Netflix. And this show is hosted. Actually, it's judged by uh, T.I., Cardi B, and Chance the Rapper. Okay? I don't have any direct issues with any any of these people in particular at all. Okay? I like Now, T.I. did recently say some shenanigans, but again, we'll get to that, and it's got nothing to do with the show, so I'm not even going to do that. Right? So, um... I think I watched the Wu-Tang thing first because I was like, you know what, let me just get this in because I know that this is going to be the shit. The episode was amazing. The season was fantastic. Um, the RZA, the Jizza, I mean, everybody's fantastic. And you know what it made me do? It made me go and listen to Wu-Tang. Like, I, okay, so I knew about Wu-Tang when I was growing up, obviously. We all knew about Wu-Tang, well... I would like to think that most of y'all who's listening to this knew about Wu-Tang when you was growing up, but, like, that wasn't my zhuzh, you know what I'm saying? I, first of all, how was I even going to get access to that music? Because my mom and daddy definitely wasn't buying that, and they didn't come on the radio like that, you know what I'm saying? Um, because of the type of music and the content that they had, like, that, <laughs> listen, their shit could not go on the radio. Their shit couldn't go on the radio now, like, their old shit couldn't go on the radio now. It's still too deep, it's still too, it's not dumb enough. You know what I mean? Um, even their songs that might have been considered dumb songs were not dumb. There's nothing about Wu-Tang that was dumb. Um, but the, no. So, the, But the show itself is fantastic. The actors and actresses are great. The way it's shot is great. The way that it's edited is great. The, like, the direction is, is fantastic. The storytelling ability from whomever is in charge. And I think it's the RZA. I think the RZA wrote it and has writers. And I think he's in charge of the storyline and all that stuff. And, um... You know, that just adds to his list of dope shit. The RZA, if you don't know about the RZA, he's fantastic at producing. I mean, obviously, um, he's an even better MC in my book, but I know people would rather him produce than rap. But that's okay, because he says, he talks about stuff, you're like, whoa. The RZA and the Jizza, you're like, whoa, what? It's like you just smoked a big old blunt, and it's like, and then your boy's over here talking about, you know, like one of the, the songs on on the the show. He was talking about the being the first sperm to come down the, the, the penis and hit the fallopian tubes and do all of this stuff. And it, it's like the concept is fantastic. Now, when you sitting here listening, you like, what, my nigga, what the fallopian tube, urethra. You know what I mean? All of these things. But, um, but nah, it's, <laughs> it was crazy. It was so crazy. So, um, so when I finished up the Wu-Tang joint, you know, I said, all right, well, I'm gonna give Cardi and, uh, and, and Chance and T.I. a chance on this, on the show, you know. Um, and I did that. And I, um, I think the way they released it, they released it within three weeks. Three weeks they released it. They released three episodes every Wednesday. So, I think by the time I had wrote this down, or written this down, um, I had watched the first three episodes. And then, obviously, it was three more dropped. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, the show was dope. I mean, the show, I'll, I'll tell you the way it's set up, and hopefully that this, uh, this doesn't mess up anybody's you know, it doesn't spoil it for anybody, specifically, um, but at the same time, I mean, it's been on Netflix since whenever, so, I mean, hey, whatever. um, 
But, but, if you are concerned about that, go ahead and stop it right now. Okay. So, yeah, I, um, I enjoyed it. They, they went through a process where, you know, each person, well, first they had one episode that had them all together, kind of to introduce the show, right? They traveled together or they traveled amongst themselves to do whatever. They all went to California and they basically held auditions there that was the first round of auditions the cool part about the first episode for those of us who are hip-hop centric which if you're watching this show you probably should be um nipsey hustle is on the first episode ti actually goes to his school that he has it's called 1500 um and he goes to his school that he has for people in the hood who you know get to go and learn how to produce and learn how to write and learn how to arrange and all of these things you know so they get a damn job and get the hell out the hood you know what i'm saying um and you know it it, it it fucked me up at first because i was like oh nipsey you know what i mean um but it's dope that he had um a little bit of a contribution to the show i have a full full belief that if he were involved or alive he'd probably be a little bit more involved in the show specifically given that um the winner was from california you know and they spent a significant time in um la you know so yeah um but that was the first episode basically they uh they met up with various people that they trusted um i think cardi went to um old man ebro's show um Hot 97 is the, is the radio station in New York that Old Man Ebro actually is a DJ on. And uh, he was up there talking, and they had two people come in and freestyle, and she was like, yeah, 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 I want y'all to come to the showcase. You know, so at this showcase, Chance did the same thing. He went to talk to um, Anderson Pack, and, and he had two MCs for him. He told both of them to come down. And then T.I. also, when he was at Nipsey Hustle School, um, heard two people rapping, invited I don't think he invited both of those guys, just one of them, to come. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, that first episode was cool. Then we got, then we got, you know, everybody else that came to the showcase. You have a lot of people who, um, came there. Um, you had to come there with an original song or something like that. You know, ready to perform it in front of everybody. Um, so yeah, that's the first episode. And it was cool. It was really cool. Then this, the, the next three episodes, because I think the first time they dropped the, the, the episodes, it was four. So but the, first, the next three episodes was Cardi's episode where she sat down with Fat Joe and Jada Kiss. And they, they found a whole bunch of people and they had to come and perform. And then she, she chose whoever could go over to L.A. you know, to represent in the actual, actual competition, right? T.I. did the same thing in Atlanta. Atlanta, his, um, his two sidekicks was Big Boy from Outkast and Quavo from the Migos. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. But they had some really good people come out of Atlanta, like, truly. Um, and then Chance the Ramper did the same thing. I think he met up with Anderson Pack, And then at his, at his, uh, I guess audition thing his showcase or whatever where he chose people he also had lupe fiasco come in and um you know 
and and judge with him so you know it was cool it was really cool and um and then once episode five kicks in that's when everybody meets and everybody gets comfortable and you know this is the situation this is what we're doing and every episode they have something they have to do and and so as far as uh reality tv goes we all know that a lot of reality TV and competition and all this stuff, you don't get the best of the best, right? You get what you get, you know, as far as producers or writers, if you have something creative you're trying to do. This show is so much different because they actually brought great producers. Well, what they'll normally do is they'll, they'll give you phenomenal producers that nobody's heard of on different shows, right? Nobody's heard of you before, but you produced on so many things, but and you're great at it, but nobody knows you. This show they actually got people that you fucking know okay that you actually know you know it might take you a minute to get to know them like you have to say oh well this guy did but i mean when you hear you're like oh wow like for instance um the very last episode the very last episode the one that they get to choose you know what I mean? Who wins the the uh, whole show? They were given producers, like real producers, producers like Tay Keith, okay, the guy that produced um, Beyonce's remix of um, "Before I Let Go" and several other things for Drake. I mean, you guys have heard him um, at the beginning of songs. The, the the song that comes to my mind right now is Cardi B's "Wish Wish" song. Yeah, cause cause at the beginning of the song is take Keith, yeah, that's this little thing, right? Cool. Another person got London on the track. London on the track is fantastic uh, producer, and I was quite per- perplexed by London, um, uh, because there's a there's a song called Sicko Mode by Travis Scott is featuring Drake. Travis Scott song. The song starts out with a stupid beat, and I love it, and Drake starts singing on it, and then it immediately changes into, um, the out like a light shit, you know what I'm saying? Or no, that's the last song, right? Let me think, let me think. Hold on. Yeah, it goes in the, does it go in the out like a light? I have no idea at this point. I'm sorry, y'all. But that is the song, right? So it's three beats in one. Um, so he perplexed the shit out of me the first few times I heard the song. I was like, what is this fucking song? I was like, this song, they keep playing it, and they only play Drake's part. And then they change the fucking song. And I'm like, what's the song? And I had to take my phone out one day and let Google tell me. And it was all one song. And it was all Travis Scott's, you know, shit. And I said, my God. That's fascinating. Do you pay this nigga three, three different ways for three beats for what? Like, how does this get done? Is his price higher because it's three beats in one? Like, that's, it's crazy, right? So that's London on the track. Then you've got Soundwave. Soundwave is not only a Grammy winning but an Oscar winning because he produced the majority of the songs on the Black Panther soundtrack and Kendrick Lamar's album Damn, bruh. These. These guys are fan-fucking-tastic, these producers. There was another producer, I can't remember his name right now, but he definitely worked with Jay-Z. I remember him specifically. Um, his music is very up-top. It's very New York. So, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was really dope. I'm trying to think of the other guy. Um, 
it's one more dude and i'm gonna kick myself in the ass for not remembering his name because he was so dude he was so dope um it wasn't on the track Soundwave, take Heath. oh no hit boy was the hit boy was the name of the other guy that was the up top producer um so no that was just four because there's only four people in the finale um so yeah it, it listen I was so impressed. Even before that episode, there was an episode where they do a music video. Where they basically give you producers, produce a song, and then send you to be able to shoot a video in your hometown. Like, and it's not no low budget shit either. Like, it's for real. But the absolute best episode that there is, is the collaborations episode. You had real ass fucking artists. First of all, the the person that came out and introduced everybody's um, artists to them or told them who they were going to get was John Legend. That's number one. And then you had Tiana Taylor, um, Tori Lanez, Ty Dolla Sign, Janae Aiko, and Miguel. Bruh! These are not no bullshit-ass stars. Like, these are not people who just was busy, you know, wasn't busy that day. Like, these are actual, legitimate, you know, relevant people still out here. Making music, making hit songs, like, right now. So, I was very impressed with what they provided to these contestants in order for, not only for the show to be dope, but for them to be given an opportunity that they probably would have never gotten. You know what I mean? So, you'll like the show. The show is dope. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I watched this this last episode multiple times, three times. The first two times, I cried. I cried. And the only reason I cried is because there's something about a performer. It doesn't matter if you like a singer, rapper, or you know you play an instrument, anything. Anything that you have to perform or anything that you have to put work into constantly and then there's this one shot right here and you got this one fucking shot to make this shit work and then when they blow it out the frame when you do so well that you surprise yourself you 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 floated out of yourself at this point you're looking down on yourself doing it like there's something about that that passion you can't fucking describe that shit I can't even adequately describe it to you. I felt it multiple times within my life when I was performing um, at any given time. I played the trumpet. I played the violin. You know, I've done a lot of different things. Um, Beat battles. All kinds of things. And there's this moment where you're like, wow, you thought you could do this. You wanted to do it. You worked on doing it. And it manifested itself. God is here with you. God damn it. Tear this shit the fuck up you know and they do it and and you'll notice every after everybody performs and they leave it out on the court as we as people say and you know leave it on the leave it on the stage right once you do that once you get that out you've got nothing left but emotions cuz you put everything into it and bam there it is to be judged and at this point all you can do is fucking cry. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. That's it. So it, it's fairly emotional at the very end, but at the same time, it's dope. And if you've ever been in a situation where you are passionate about something, you tried to work on shit, it didn't work. You've been working on it for years and years and years, trying to figure shit out, and then bam, all of a sudden, you get this opportunity, you get this chance, this fucking chance. Because that's all we ever want in life, right? Is a chance or an opportunity to do better. That's it. That's it. Like, you know, I've been kind of 
you know, I had an awesome, uh, you know, when I found out about the second job, I also got some pretty good news on my first job. And I've been trying to work through that idea that things are going too good and, you know, pretty soon something's bound to happen, you know, because I don't believe that anymore. I actually believe that I can be happy and should be happy the majority of the time. And even if things happen that are unfavorable, you know what? I should be able to handle that. I should be able to be upset and cry and and be depressed about it too. But I should also be able to not sit in that for too long and then go ahead and try to get my my shit together. You know? So, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm at a really cool place right now. And I'm steady learning. Like, I'm in a place where I'm learning. And that's really exciting. Um, learning jobs, you know, on my first job, I'm learning new things on my second job. I'm learning the entire shit. So it's all new, um, you know, with friendships and, you know, you know, work partners and all of these things. Like I'm learning so many different things, not only just about others, but about myself. So it's been a pretty cool few weeks, right? Since I've talked to you guys, pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool. So I love that hustle and flow shit. So once I finished that up, I, or actually was it the, that they released the last few episodes the same time that the Wu-Tang show ended? That's probably what it was because it wrapped up. I watched all of the shit, wrapped it all up, and was just very pleased with hip-hop that weekend. Um, I don't have this written down, but I will talk about it. So I started uh, Watchmen. Watchmen, fantastic. I honestly can't remember if I talked about this on the last episode, but Watchmen is the fucking best show that I've watched in some time in that it is truly beautiful. Between Watchmen and Wu-Tang, I don't know which one's better as it pertains to how it's shot and how it looks and how it makes you feel, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's oh, fantastic fantastic show god damn you got regina king who's in here she's a motherfucking gangster you understand me she's part of the police force you know what i mean you're living in a time where um racism is an all-time high but we're in the future so kind of like now right um tulsa oklahoma is the city that it takes place in and obviously you guys know about the tulsa the massacre of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and if you don't, you certainly should should Google that, because that's important fucking knowledge, that's important American history, it's not just black history, it's important history, um, just to give you a synopsis, and I really do want you to research it, it's fantastic, and, and I want you guys to, to take a look at this damn, this damn show, because it, the first, it's, it's literally the very first show, and before the show, you know how the show comes on, like, yeah, it's the the whole scenes before the show comes on on, and it's the entire Tulsa the massacre situation. It was oof, man. It is so heavy, um, so very heavy. Um, but the show's great. But you're living in a time where you know we're in a future racism is at an, as at an all time high. The police officers cannot uh, reveal their identity because there's been a situation where the the white supremacists have tried to take out the police department. That's why everybody wears masks. Um, uh, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's like pandemonium in this little town. But you know it's it's quiet, but it's it's not right. Um, it's just it's great. You've got um. 
it's it's a huge cast. Um, let me see if I can pull it up right quick so we can get some names. Watchmen, Watchmen cast. So you got, let's see, you got Regina King, of course. Um, you've got uh, Jeff Jeremy Iron, Irons. That's my man. That's my man from Die Hard with a Vengeance. He was Hans Gruber's brother. You're welcome. Uh, Don Johnson. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, I recognize his face completely, but I don't know this man. Uh, of course, Lou, Lou uh, Gossett Jr., Andrew Howard. Don't know that man. Um, uh, Adelaide Clemens. Don't know her. Uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II. Well, first of all, he's sexy. I do not know him either, but he is married to Regina King, and he is sexy with his shirt off. Francis Fisher is in the show. Tom Meissen, Sarah Vickers. If this helps any of you, um, great. Jean Smart. Y'all remember Jean Smart, right, from uh, Designing Women. She was uh, Charlene. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, tons of tons of other people. Tons of other people. Um, but when you see the people, you'll you'll recognize them because... A lot of them are really good actors that have been acting for some time, but you just don't know their names, you know? They're not the huge stars, but they're the ones that are going to give you the, the prime content, the great performances. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Watchmen is dope. I think you guys should definitely watch it. I think I'm two episodes behind at this point, and I'm okay with that because the show is so good, you want to you wanna binge it. Like, you don't want to sit there and act like, um... Oh, I gotta watch it every week. No, 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 no. No, you're gonna want to keep watching this shit. So I'm kind of happy that I'm about two episodes out. And by the time I watch it, I'll probably be three. So hopefully. We'll see. Maybe I can get it in either this afternoon or this evening or tomorrow. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, um, so so check that out. Check that out. Um, Tiny Desk, the first week that I was working, I came to work and I was sitting on the little computer doing my little e-learns, you know. And I got this little notification on my phone. And it said that, um, it basically said that, um, there was going to be a performance, a tiny desk performance at 7 p.m., you know, and it'll be live. And I was like, live? What the? Right? So, something new, apparently. They invited, um, people, and it was at night, and the first person was Meg Thee Stallion. Love Meg. I already told y'all last time how much I love Meg. So, I love Meg. Um, she did about five or six songs. She did more songs than normal, like on a tiny desk. Um, and because it's on tiny desk, it's very clear. Her, her lyrics are extremely clear, right? Bitch is talking crazy shit. Like, I love it. I... I love it. We needed a Meg Thee Stallion when I was growing up because, you know, she, she, she gives you a different perspective. And that's interesting. Okay? I don't care what nobody says. That's interesting. Um, so, she did the first one. And so, I sat there at work, sitting there listening to it, watching it like, oh, shit, Meg, 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 Meg. You know what I mean? So, it was cool. Um, and then they did the whole week. They did, like, uh, Sheryl Crow, I think, um... Raphael Sadiq was on there. Um, 
Lucky Day was on there. Somebody else that I, Wale, I don't really like him, but it, I remember that he was on there. Um, and I think that the people who I know who love Wale watched it. They said it was good. I meant to go back and watch it. I mean, I, I'm really trying to get this nigga a chance. Like, I really want him to convince me he's great. Like, I really do. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going into that either. Um, uh, but, but this made me say, well, why don't you, why don't you just do a top five Tiny Desk concert, right? Um, and I don't know how to do that outside of doing my favorite one first and then doing one to five as opposed to five to one, because I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm not doing it, you know what I mean? Um, so... My absolute favorite one would be Toby Wigwe. Okay, he's Nigerian. Last name's Nigerian. I can't pronounce it. All right, but I believe that he says his name like that. And um, Toby is from Houston, Houston, Texas. He's a Houston rapper. He's married. He's got a wife. Her name is Fat. It's probably something different, but he calls her Fat. Um, not literally Fat, but you know. They have a little girl. He calls her Baby Fat. It's so cute to me. Um, but no, Fat is dope. And he is dope. And they have a producer named Nell. And she is dope. And they have a song called Debo on their latest album. Or on Toby's latest album. And yeah, so it's called Tebo. Excuse me, Debo. Debo, like Friday. And all three of them rhyme on it. Toby takes the first verse and uh fat takes the second verse and then Nell is on the second verse as well but kind of picks it up once she's done you know what i'm saying so it's more like it's, it's three verses for sure but though their two verses are back to back there's no verse then hook verse then hook verse then you know what i'm saying uh so yeah so yeah so he <laughs> so that that is my absolute favorite one they have so much in there they've got instrumentation they've got singing the vocals are amazing and out of this world every single backup singer is amazing every single one um uh of course the rapping is great toby's uh lyrics are so lyrical and so powerful that um, the clarity that you need to hear like um there's you you can never he never gets lost on the track the tracks are almost like they're set up and made for him to shine which is the way that i always used to tell one of my um partners my production partners in college you know we'd make beats and then he'd make a beat and i'd make a beat and then he'd come back and this beat was doing so much i mean it's got times it's got symbols it's got hi hat you know, it's doing all of this stuff, and then my beat would be simple, and he'd be like, how come your beat's so simple, and I was like, because I want this part right here for the artist to shine, I said, I don't want the artist competing with all these rim shots, and, you know, cymbal crashes, and, you know, you know, all of this stuff, all of this noise, um, I want it to have a purpose, you know what I mean, so, that's kind of the way Nell produces, but her beats are so ridiculous that it's not hard to, to get some dope shit together, I would imagine, um, because they're so, they're so next level, so if y'all get a chance, check out Toby, uh, Wigwee, let me see if I can help us all out with how to pronounce it, or excuse me, how to, um, how to spell it. Toby, yeah, so his name is spelled in, last name is N-W-I-G-W-E. So I think he does pronounce it Wigwee. 
Um, so yeah, Tony, Toby's dope. Toby's dope. Um, number two would be, um, Ari Lennox. Yeah, she's so fucking fantastic. That voice is so dope and it's like effortless for her. She does not care about anything. That voice is fantastic. Um, it was also dope because she was there. It was almost like a storyteller. She was talking a little bit, which they all do. Um, but she's so... Her personality and her demeanor is so adorable because Ari always sounds so... Ari always sounds so, you know, uh, innocent, you know, or so confused. I don't know what the word is, but y'all listen to it. Y'all let you see what I, exactly what I mean. Or if you follow Ari on Twitter or Instagram, you know exactly what the fuck I mean. Because <laughs> uh, Ari's the best follow on IG in my book. Um, but no, she's great. I saw her live, of course, a few weeks ago when I was going to, um, you know, when I went to the to the. Um, Art of Cool Sound, the Art of Cool uh, Festival that we went to in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, back at the end of September. Um, so she performed there, her and Jill Scott. But um, Ari was fantastic. So she's one of my favorites. That's number two. The third one um, would be Lizzo. Lizzo did great, like really, really great. I mean, it's just fantastic how great she did. Um, and it really helped me to understand what was going on with her because I think I saw her tiny desk around the time when. Um, she was just getting up on my radar, honestly. Um, so I was happy about it. And then also, I was glad to put face to song to, um, face to song to, to, to like, um, like song to name as well. Because I didn't know which songs was which and what was called what. I had listened to her album, but I, I, I don't know. I wasn't studying a day. Wait, you know what I mean? So she's great. She's really great. Great performer. Great voice as well. Um, number four. Number four would have to be um, a mixture between Moo Moo Fresh and Common. And I say that because they perform together. You know what I'm saying? Um, Moo Moo Fresh, I think, performed by herself once before. But they did perform together. And it was fantastic. I mean, it was bliggity, bliggity, bliggity black. And it was great. Um, Common's fantastic. And if you guys have not had an opportunity to listen to Common's last, latest album that came out a couple of couple of months ago, do it. Do it. Common has a song on there. And it's like a, it's a whole crime of passion. But, it, you know, Common's way of telling stories is so great. Um, but that song is called, I'm about to tell you right fucking now, cause y'all need to know about this song. It's called Fifth Story. Fifth Story. Go listen to Fifth Story. Like, right fucking now. Like, pause me and go listen to that song. It's so dope. Well, or just wait till this is over and then go listen. Yeah. That part, we, we go with that. Listen first, then go listen. Um, anyway, but nah, it's dope. I haven't had a chance to listen to all of this because I did listen to a lot of this album um, and then ended with Fifth Story because, and it's only the fifth song on there, but the reason I ended was because it blew my fucking mind. I was like, oh, fuck. And I, and I, didn't, I didn't go back. And it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad thing. It just was what it was, you know? So, um, and that's number four. And then the number five one... 
the number five one I'm gonna say is Erica Badu. It's always got to be Erica Badu on the list. If you've ever seen her live or heard her live albums or anything like that, you can only imagine how dope it was. Her stories are crazy, um, and her vocal range is is fantastic. I don't think people give her enough credit for that. I think she gets a lot of credit for being just odd and different, but she doesn't get the credit she deserves for her artistry. I think for her skill rather. So, shout out to Erica Badu. And honorable mention is definitely Meg, the motherfucking stallion. Because she is the motherfucking shit. And I might as well have a top six. Because I love Meg. Fuck it. I love that they're inviting rappers to do Tiny Desk a little bit more. Because, you know, I used to love, like, storytellers in um, Unplugged. You remember Unplugged on MTV? The most famous Unplugged was Mariah Carey. Right? When she did the I'll Be There song. Right? Or or was it no? It was a song that she did where it was only on Unplugged. And that was the version that was released as the single. (laughs) Um, I want to say it was the song I just said. I can't remember now. Um, But no, the best best one was Mariah. Um, There's a few other Unplugs that were kind of good. But Storytellers also came about on VH1 at some point. And Storytellers was dope, too. And the last Storytellers that I actually watched was Jay-Z's. And this was during the time when he released the American Gangsta album. That album, for what it's worth, people always try to, you know, put Jay-Z albums in a top five. What's your top five Jay-Z albums? And everybody always has to go back and say, American, I got Damn, yes, American fucking gangster. Even Jay-Z himself said that he did not know or think that American Gangster was going to be as great as it was. It's, it's almost like he definitely didn't expect this to blow up, but when you're listening to American Gangster, and I don't know, maybe it was because at that time I was going through a thing, you know what I mean? But American Gangster, the soundtrack and the Jay-Z album is fucking great. I mean, he's the whole album is a conceptual album. And it was the first real conceptual album that we listened to from start to finish that started one way and ended another way, which was supposed to be the point. The album was supposed to take you on a ride. You were supposed to be there with him while he was poor and broke, trying to figure this shit out, trying to start selling drugs, trying to get good. Oh, God, okay, you're starting to get good. You're starting to get medium big. Okay, cool. Now you're really making money. Now you big, big. Okay, now you kingpin big. Okay, now you got these bitches. Now you got the drugs. Now you got this, that, and the other. Now the fuzz is looking at you now people are being you know people want in right now people are you know working with the police because you're so big and they're trying to get in they're trying to get you down then you get to a place where you're reckless you're reckless as fuck you're reckless with your money you're reckless with your bitches you're reckless with your business you're reckless with everything and then of course you get canned right you know and now you're sitting back thinking wait a minute the chick that Man, she's she ain't even nowhere around now. Who she who she with? You on the phone with your partner? Who she with now? What? You know what I'm saying? She said she was gonna put money on my books. She lied, my nigga. Okay, all I got is this ten. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So no, the album itself is dope. Um, it's really dope. So, so yeah, man. That's that's what I would say for my top five. Uh, Tiny Desk was. Uh, I'm trying to think, what's next? What's next? I literally have in here dumb shit. 
challenge where kids are pouring good milk or juice out on the ground yeah okay so i wrote this down because i was aggravated when i watched these videos but apparently there's this new challenge you know these damn kids like to do challenges and shit and so the latest challenge is oh let's just uh get your mother's attention and pour the milk in the glass and keep pouring keep pouring and then when it overflows undoubtedly your mother will spaz out and then that's supposed to be the funny part right uh, so i watched um one and the mama got mad cursed cursed the child out all of that stuff cool then i watched another one and the woman was so distraught that that milk was on her dog on floor she got so mad she threw a knife at the boy everything she started talking she sounded like she was jamaican or something had an accent oh man i said see y'all niggas play too much why would y'all do this this isn't funny there's nothing funny about this nothing okay first of all because you ain't buying the fucking milk back all right because you ain't got no damn money and what the fuck you think's buying that shit back you better clean up this whole goddamn floor. I know that much, right? So, um, so I just hate it. I hate it. All right, the next thing that I have on my list is that John Witherspoon passed away, and my dumbass typed out "passed" like "pasted away" instead of "passed." I put "passted." I'm just boy. Anyway, so, um. John Witherspoon passed away. It's so many iconic um, characters, but of course, the three main characters that we all know and love would be um, Pops, four, four iconic characters, actually, now that I think about it. Um, the first one would be um, the father. He's always a dad, of course. Um, the father on Boomerang, right? When he, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the mushroom uh, belt. And lining in the jacket and the shirt. Okay? Coordinate. You got to coordinate. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I seen that ridiculous motherfucker. And then uh the next one of course is the dad on Friday. He was in all three Fridays. And of course I, I believe he was in, you know, in a situation where he was going to be recording or filming, you know, the, the latest Friday, or the last one that they're going to do here, called Last Friday, and I told somebody, I was like, you know what, they need to scrap the whole script at this point, Pops has died, the whole show needs to be a whole funeral, like, it needs to be lead up to a funeral, do you know what kind of funny stuff happens before a funeral, so much, now, it's going to be hurtful and painful, obviously, Especially for the cast. Especially the people that have been working on it. This movie came out in 1996. So imagine them filming it in 95. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, man. You're talking over 20-some years of, you know, knowing folks. And, man. So I get it. I totally get it. You know what I'm saying? That could be a little fresh. So, I don't know. But I would love it. I would love it. And then that way you have reason for literally everybody to come back. To pay respect. Everybody. Literally Everybody could come back you know what i mean so and honestly if i were somebody like chris tucker or somebody who had done the first movie but then didn't come back and do the second or third movie Nia long um you know all of these other people like i would i would definitely do this i would do this i would i'd be like yes i will sign on to come back and reprise my role and finish out this this uh series the way that it should be finished out you know what I mean? I mean, who wouldn't want to see a grown-ass Nia Long with kids, you know, in, t- in in high school or in college or something like that? You know, not still living in the neighborhood, but, you know, still around, coming to see her sister, you know, stuff like that, coming to check up on Felicia. You know what I mean? 
um, by Felicia has become so big. And it's amazing because when it was first said, nobody gave a damn about it until a housewife said it. I'm sure it was a housewife that said this. They got it, you know what I'm saying, got it back um, in the mainstream. But that's where Bye Felicia comes from. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they need to do. I mean, they need to call me. You know what I'm saying? I could put the script together. I just need some money, okay? Um, but no, this would be dope. And so I, I just... Poor Pops, right? Um, the next the next role that I loved Pops in was, of course, the dad on... Um, what, what was it? The Wayans? The Wayans show? Wayne Brothers? I have no idea what that song... That, I mean, that show was called. But whatever show Sean and Marlon was on. Um, <laughs> I think it was the Wayans. Um, but yeah. He was the dad on that. On the... Um, he owned the uh, the diner, right? And uh, so, yeah, that was cool. And then, of course, the latest one or the last one that I'm actually going to discuss is going to be the dad, grand, granddad, actually, on the boondocks. And a lot of people might not know granddad specifically from boondocks, but granddad was important and he was integral to the show. And he was all in on doing that show. Like, like listen, John Witherspoon was still getting that guap. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, it was his time. It was his time to go. And uh, I felt very bad about it. I was very shook up about it. I said, oh, man, that's unfortunate. Um, but he was ill. Apparently, he had some sort of coronary issue, a heart issue. Um, you know, he was an older black man, so who knows what types of ailments he may have had. Who knows? He could have been top, you know, the top you know, of his health, but I'm gonna be honest with you, you can look at Pops and tell that he might, he might like pork a little too much, I ain't, I'm not trying to be rude, okay, but I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> and, and Friday after next, he's talking about that pop, 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 barbecue, it's just so funny, ah, oh, shit, everything funny, damn Pops, that's my man, oh, and honorable mention, um, he was also the punk ass, um, neighbor on the very first house party, the one that called the police on Kid and Play's party, cause he was next door and he couldn't go to sleep, punk ass, um, but nah, he was definitely a hater, right, um, so, you know, um, so rest in peace to John Witherspoon, man, and I pray his family's good to go, and I pray that he had his affairs in order and that there's no, you know, fights or anything like that, I mean, I, I just want everybody to be good, you know, um, so I wrote this note clearly on Halloween, clearly on Halloween, I wrote this note, because I wrote down Almond Joys, and then I wrote down Halloween, so let me just say this, on Halloween, at my job, um, most companies will do shit, like, have candy out, or, you know, they'll do shit, like, oh, y'all can come and dress up, let's do a competition, you know, da 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 at my job, Halloween is, the most important holiday that there is. I'm not gonna lie to you. Now, Christmas is pretty good, you know. Thanksgiving's pretty good. We're gonna see in a couple of weeks how good it is, but Thanksgiving's pretty good, too. You know what I mean? But Halloween at my job is crazy. We brought food in. We dressed up. We decorated the place. We did all of these things. Um, we, we were doing Happy Days was our theme. The total theme for the entire building was TV shows. Now, I will say this. There was a couple of people, a couple of areas that had shit that wasn't TV shows. There was movies. But, you know, nevertheless, we persisted. Um, We 
we did not win anything this year. The year before, the previous years, we had won different prizes. And um, the year that, the year before I started working there, apparently they won a huge prize, which was money and days off and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that um, we could definitely do better next year. We just got to pick better shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you you didn't get too much participation from any people that were not white because there was literally no black people in Happy Days and the the choices was Happy Days or Soul Train. And obviously everybody wanted to do Soul Train. You know, we could have came in there with afros and bell-bottom jeans. We could have came in there. We could have did like the little letter board, you know, switching stuff around, talking about whatever we was going to talk about. You know what I'm saying? You, you do the um, Soul Train line. I mean, it's so many things that we could have done. We could have had a, a audience of dancers that was dancing and a performance up on a stage. Like, there's so many things that literally could have happened with Soul Train that has nothing to do with these individual people, okay, who don't think they can dance. You know, it didn't have to be all that, you know? But, nevertheless, it was happy days. And, um... I wasn't even involved or interested in any of it until maybe two days before Halloween. And the only reason that really was was because I was going to do the uh, the audio. I'm going to do the audio and, you know, that's right up my alley. You guys know me. At this point, technical support stuff, all, this, all that stuff, that's the kind of stuff that I love to do. So somebody says, hey, will you... Will you fix the audio for us? Will you make sure we got this song, this song, that, 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 so we play at this time, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Alright. You know what I mean? Just can't say no. Just can't say no. Um, but in any case, we all, for the most part, participated when it came down to the end of it. Um, everybody, including the African-Americans, Okay, we all we all participated because the ultimate goal is to get the um the the prize, right? Um, but we didn't win anything, but we did all get money at the end, which was helpful and surprising. So I was happy about that. So um, I hope that my job doesn't think that that was supposed to be the bonus for the year. I think that um we're we're all very concerned about about our our annual bonus. Only because of all of the activity happening at the job. You know, different things that cost money, right? So hopefully, hopefully we'll get that in a couple of weeks. And it was really dope of the job to give us a little cash for our pocket. You know what I'm saying? On Halloween, which I believe was on a Thursday? Was it on a Thursday or Friday? Let me see. It was on a Thursday, yeah. So, you know, cool. That was really cool. Um, let me see what else is next. Oh, Almond Joyce. I wrote down Almond Joyce because, you know, again, same co-worker as I always talk about. This is ridiculous. Like, this, this, this fucking co-worker said to me, she said, I like mounds better. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like mounds better. So all I do with these Almond Joys is I just bite out the almond and throw it and spit it out and eat the rest of the... I, I, I was a... I was appalled, bruh. Like, why would you waste the almond fucking joy? 
The Almond Joy's whole purpose is for whoever enjoys dark chocolate to enjoy dark chocolate with no nut. Why would you want no nut? Why would you want dark chocolate? Who the fuck knows? But, but, this particular person, and I'm loud, and I'm mad, okay? Because why would you ruin a perfectly good fucking goddamn shit ass candy for that shit? How come you can't just get a whole nother candy? You see the Almond Joy? Oh, I can't eat that. I don't want that. Okay, because I'd rather a mound. So let me go over here and get this Kit Kat. You know what I'm saying? Twix? Okay? Come on, man. Not killing me. You're killing me, girl. Jesus, be a fence. It was the worst. And I had to tell multiple people at the job about this. And everybody had the same confused ass answer. Why Why would you eat it? Why, why would you waste the candy like that? Spit it out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Huh. Alright, I'm over it now. Shit, fuck. Piss me the hell off. Piss me all the way the hell off. Fuck. Anyway. The next thing on my goddamn list is... <laughs> the next thing on my shit and ass list is that Steph Curry broke his hand. And I'm very upset about that because I feel like they tried to take my boy out and they was successful. They was extremely successful. Somebody rolled over his fucking hand, broke it over. Okay, and now he's out for several months. He probably won't even be back until, like, February. Um, but during the same time that that happened, Kevin Durant finally spoke to, like, media that I care about. And he went on First Take, which is a show that comes on ESPN and starring uh, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. It's a debate show. They holler the entire time, which is why I enjoy it. I enjoy um, healthy dialogue. I enjoy intense-ass dialogue that doesn't end with somebody being mad. You know what I'm saying? Because people people sensitive, man. They really are. And so, it, it, you know, if we can have a spirited conversation without you getting an attitude or, or you feeling like I'm coming at you or me feeling like you're coming at me, if things can stay on the up and up and not get personal, you know, you can have a very great debate. And they do that. They do that. You know what I'm saying? They know that at the end of the day, it's all love. And so they can go in on one another. And I appreciate it. I do. But Kevin Durant came his old crazy peasy head up there. Started talking about various things. Um, he did address Steph breaking his hand. He felt bad about that. Okay, cool. He said that Draymond uh, telling them that he can leave and that they won a championship without his ass kind of um, helped facilitate the idea of leaving Golden State. Um, you know, Draymond also spoke out prior to Kevin Durant going on first take, basically saying he was on somebody's podcast. I think he was on, um, Woj, um, uh, I think he was on Woj's, um, podcast. His name is, uh, Wojnarowski. He's a, um, he's an ESPN writer and, um, reporter. Um, and he, and, and Woj is like Adam Schefter is to the NFL, um, Woj is the guy for the NBA. He's the one who I was following his account the whole time. Every time there was, it was like free agency for the NBA. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Let me see what Woj talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because Woj be knowing. Woj be knowing, man. So anyway, um, so yeah, he talked about that on Woj's, um, podcast that, you know, all the management of Golden State wanted him, him as in Draymond, to apologize to 
to uh, apologize to Kevin Durant for saying what he did and, and, and it being so so loud and, and being so, um, you know, public. And Draymond said he wasn't going to do that because you asked him to do that. He would do that when it came, when he got to a point where he, he could accept what he did wrong and then he could say, okay, now I need to apologize. You know, that that's just niggas shit, okay? Because at the end of the day, you was either right or wrong when you came to grips with it or when everybody else came to grips with it, which was immediately. So you was wrong in the first place. So you should have apologized from jump. But your ego wouldn't let you do it. That's really all it is. That's really all it is. His ego wouldn't let him do it. So yeah. That's uh that's how that went. But but no, I mean it was good to see Draymond and KD had worked this thing out. It's good to hear kind of stuff because we hear football player shit all the time. We hear baseball player shit all the time. We rarely hear about basketball players talking about shit that we actually care about, you know? So it was cool. Um new podcast alert, all the smoke. All the smoke podcast. My two two of my favorite obscure basketball players i only say that because people who watch basketball over the years know who these guys are but they're not the first like these aren't first two guys to come to your head when you're thinking about basketball like basketball players like it's just not you know what i'm saying you're thinking of the best of the best of the best you're not thinking about these um role players and these um defensive juggernauts and you know these people who helped get multiple championships for you know a couple of teams you know what i mean um, so, All the Smoke, uh, it, it features Steven Jackson and, uh, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was married to Gloria, if I'm not mistaken, was her name, from, um, what is this shit called? Housewives of Orlando? It was a Housewives of Orlando at one point, if I'm not mistaken. And that was when he was playing with the Orlando Magic. They were on that show. He seemed possessive and controlling he was younger then they had the two twin boys and they got to a place where they moved to LA because he got traded and he 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 did a lot of LA Laker LA Clipper and Golden State playing so a lot of California shit was happening um uh Matt Barnes also um was in the headlines a couple of years ago because he was playing in Memphis close to the end of his career and he found out that Derek Fisher another um, old basketball player who used to play for the Lakers when Kobe was on the team. Um, Derek Fisher wore, won five championships. He was on every single team that Kobe and Shaq and Kobe and everybody else won um, in L.A. Um, so he... So Derek Fisher um, started dating Gloria, Matt's ex-wife at the time now. Um, they were allegedly friends, but so when he heard about this, he, wherever they were, wherever they were, he got in the car and he sped to wherever they were from wherever he was. And let's just say maybe it was a two hour, maybe three, four hours, some, some stupid hour where you're like, wow, you really drove from there to do this? You know what I mean? Um, so that happened. And I guess he wanted to lay hands on Matt Barnes. I mean, um, on Derek Fisher for being with his ex-wife and such. But, I mean, I think they've since... Um, I think they've since gotten engaged now. And I'm not sure that they're married yet. But I think I know for sure they're engaged. So, yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. I mean, Gloria is very clear 
on the type of lifestyle that she is going to have. So, um, you know, as long as it's um, chicks like her, there'll always be dudes like uh, Matt and um, and Derek Fisher, quite frankly. Um, but those two um, have a podcast. It's on HBO. I mean, excuse me, it's on Showtime. They put their, they film their episodes and put them on YouTube as well. And but I have not had an opportunity to see if they're actually on platforms, you know, to listen to their podcast because I don't have to see them per se. Obviously, I have lots and lots of podcasts I listen to, and so I don't need to see you, you know. I just would love to listen to it and, and, and catch the vibe and see what's going on. So I think the only place you can really listen to it is um, is YouTube. Or if you watch them on H, excuse me, Showtime. So, so yeah, so y'all check that out if you want. If you want the real deal, real conversations, um, holds no bars. Um, oh yeah, and all the smoke mainly. They do smoke a lot of weed while they're doing the podcast. I think that's I think that's important to say. <laughs> okay, um, which I love, and I believe they have like weed companies or something like that. So that's kind of dope too. So shout out to them. Um, so check that out if you, um, if you like shit like that. Yeah, I was just searching again just to see if it was someplace else, but I don't think it is. So I'm gonna stop searching for that. Move on to my next bit of stuff. Um, the last thing I have on here is validation from parents. Charlemagne, the guy's mom said he wasn't that little boy seeking father's approval comparing kids is fucked up story Mm. well i'll be honest with you i don't have much more to add to that i don't know what my story was going to be didn't write a note for that but i will say that validation from parents is is important i mean a lot of us are grown and we feel like we don't even need it but you know it's something dope if you still have your parents around or if you do something dope and your mom or your dad is like, oh man, I'm so proud of you did this. You know, that, that feeling of somebody being just ultimately proud of you, that's the dopest thing. So those of you who have children, please continue to always do that. And then those of you who don't have kids, but you know, didn't necessarily get that from your, your parents, or even if you did, you know what I'm saying? That's important stuff. So if you were missing that shit, that that's that's a problem. Like it's not something you need to go and write a story about, but at the same time, I mean, it could help you to understand why you do some of the things you do now, you know? I mean, if you, if you meet people in your life who are so eager to please, it's probably because they always had to please their parents at the house. They always had to, you know, do something. Um maybe their parent was like a moody motherfucker and you just never know who how this was going to go, you know what I'm saying? So you just tried to be the greatest kid of all time all the time you know what I mean um whatever it could be anything you know what I'm saying but but these things affect us in different ways more so than we we ever want to give credit you know what I mean um comparing kids is fucked up comparing kids is fucked up and that's this is something that I experienced growing up you know I I am not like my cousins I really am not I love them I think that they're beautiful. I think that they're great for caring about hair and clothes and shoes and shit that I don't care about, right? But they don't care about stuff that I care about, right? <laughs> and that's okay. We don't have to be the same for us to love each other. And that's just that. So, 
I just, and you don't have to understand the shit I like, and I damn sure don't have to understand the goddamn thing you like, for me to respect you and care about you enough to accept you as yourself. You know what I mean? And in my family, it was a lot of comparing because people had kids around the same time. So I had a cousin, my cousin Tasha, you know, she's two two weeks older than me. Um, they were constantly comparing us like, oh, she could do this. How come Tasha ain't doing this? Like, come on, man. I am not Tasha and Tasha is not me. You feel me? Like, you know, everybody works at a different pace. And I feel like if, if people were half as sensitive as they are right now, back then, we could have remedied a lot of different stuff that still goes on right now um but you know it's all good because because that's what life is you're supposed to learn and shit and do better pay it forward so you know comparing kids is fucked up Charlemagne did tell a story though on brilliant idiots a couple of episodes back where he was saying that his dad used to basically um punish him discipline him for things for not knowing the things that he didn't teach him you know what I mean? And his my favorite and the worst story, I think, that he told was that he was following his dad. He was driving behind his dad someplace. And his dad ran the stop sign, and then he ran the stop sign. And then he pulled over. He had his son pull over. Charlemagne's dad had him pull over, right? And then he told him to put the window down, and then he slapped the shit out of him. And he was like, wake the fuck up. You, you ran that stop sign. So it's like, I'm not understanding, I'm not understanding why he was so aggressive because nigga, you did the same thing and you did it first, right? But there was no, there was no conversation had, I'm sure. Like there was no, son, I know what I did, but you have to understand that what you need to do is not follow what other people are doing. You need to follow the rules of the law. Like if he had actually explained himself, Charlemagne probably wouldn't be so effed up. I would like to think, I would like to think, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's like things like that. I told my mom, I was like, yeah, that's just growing up as a black kid. I said, because, you know, you always would say things like, my mom would always, always say, think, you got to use your head. And like, yo, okay, you're right. I do have to think, I do have to use my head, but at the same time, you need to give me a little more direction. Okay. I cannot figure this shit out myself. All right. Clearly. Cause if I could, I would have, cause I'm not an idiot. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and then I would just get mad, and then I would just not deal, right? I'd check out from the situation. I was a very um, passive person. Didn't didn't want to deal with conflict. Wasn't afraid of it. Just didn't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? But if I mean, I mean, if you brought it over here, then goddamn, we gonna go. And I'm kind of still like that right now. You bring some bullshit to me, we got to go then. But. We wouldn't go if you didn't bring the bullshit over here. You see what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, man, don't, don't compare these kids, please. Don't do it. And I think it's easy to do, especially if you have like multiples, you know what I'm saying? If you have twins or something like that, or if you have just multiple kids, period, you know what I'm saying? Just over two kids. (laughs) That's where you're like, okay, well, this one does this. And I think it's healthy to assess But it is extremely ridiculous to compare. And there's a difference between assessing and comparing. And 
I think parents know that. And I think a lot of people are doing that and are phenomenal parents. There's just this subset of people who just don't give a fuck or just don't know how to articulate themselves or was was given a poor, piss-poor example of what a parent was in the first place and then they grew up and developed into a even fucking worse shittier damn parent. You know what I mean? Like, it's so many different reasons for so many different things, you know? And I think a lot of times people just want to be mad just to be mad. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I mean, you could do that. You could do that. I mean, it is what it is. But it's more, I think it's more important to figure out why people do the things they do or say the things they do if you're that concerned. You know what I mean? Like, the why should always be investigated, even in your anger. Because you'll find that if you can investigate the why, understand and comprehend the fucking why, then your anger can can be, you know, redistributed or just disappear, right? You don't have to like something to understand it. You don't have to approve of something to get it. You know what I mean? And I think that if people would approach that more with each other, I think we could we could do some some real dope shit as people. You know what I'm saying? And that just trickles down to the kids because they see and do everything that we see that we do and that we do and say. So, you know, that really sucks. That sucks. That Charlemagne shit sucks. That does not change how I feel about him and his opinion about T.I. Oh, yeah, I thought I wasn't going to get there. I'm here. So, T.I., last week was it? Or the week before? It was last week. Last week, T.I. became... uh, Started trending um, on some day. I can't remember what day it was. And the reason why he was trending was because he went on someone's podcast. I'm not sure this podcast name at all. Okay, they did a horrible... If this was supposed to be some publicity, they did a horrible job promoting this podcast. Because I thought it was expeditiously the whole time. I thought it was on his podcast the entire time. But he was on some um, podcast with two women. And he was talking about his daughter, Deja. And how basically every year on her birthday or around her birthday, he um, allows her to have her birthday party, allows her to have her gifts and all that stuff. And then a couple of days, within a few days, he's going to put a post-it note on her on her door that said gyno and that we're going to the gynecologist because he has to go to the gynecologist with her to um, get her checked out and for the doctor to let him know that her hymen is still intact. It's still intact. So, obviously, uh, the doctor did tell Tip that the hymen can be broken in several different ways. Even if your hymen is broken, doesn't mean that you've had sex before. Um, You can get an aggressive fingering and have your hymen broken and you've never fucked. You know what I mean? You could do it by horseback riding, playing sports, any of those things. Alright? T.I. told the doctor, my daughter isn't into any of those things. Just let me know what's going on with the hymen, please. Alright? So, as of her 18th birthday, apparently, uh, her hymen was intact. 
I recall Deja turning 18 approximately four, five, six months ago. Maybe. So she's closer to 19 than she is 18. So she's a grown-ass woman at this point. As far as age goes, right? Um, age and consent and all of these things. As far as all that goes, she's a grown woman. Um... Charlemagne and DJ Envy, as I was listening to The Breakfast Club to see what they had to say about this shit, um, they didn't see a problem with it because they have daughters and they're men. And men, I don't think, will ever truly understand how horrifying, how horrific it could be for your father to accompany you to the gynecologist. And my biggest problem with Charlemagne is this. You gonna say some shit like, we give so many people so much shit for not being a part of their kid's life, and here this guy is in his life, and he's still getting shit? No, no, no! He's not getting shit for being in his kid's life. That's not what this is about. And, 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 that is what you're supposed to do. Because that's your damn child. Like, you don't, you, you realistically don't have the option of not taking care of your kids. This is just some shit that you niggas decided to come up with, you know, since whenever, okay? But it was never okay to just drop your seed and leave. Like, like never, okay? So, yeah. You took care of her, and that's what you're supposed to do. She's a grown-ass woman now. So, if you're saying... That in order for her to be in a situation where she can still get money from you or whatever you do for her still, live in in your house, whatever the circumstances, drive cars, whatever, that she has to be a virgin for that, I'm just confused. I'm confused. Because the, the biggest question, the biggest question for me, outside of all the, the other questions that I really had, but the biggest question for me is, okay, you take her on her 18th birthday to the doctor, he checks the hymen, the hymen's broken, now the fuck what? Now what? What happens now? What happens now? So, it's like, what happens now, though? You gonna kick her out because she has sex? Maybe. Okay. 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 I think that's ridiculous. I think that's 100% ridiculous. And Charlemagne's on some stuff like, oh, this is a missed opportunity to have a bigger conversation. No, it was a missed opportunity because you guys are trying to um, brush away the fact that this is invasive to the child. Not only is the what T.I. wants to do or has been doing invasive and just completely horrific, okay? But let's not forget the idea that he said this on a podcast where millions of people at this time have probably listened to, well, at least thousands, probably thousands, not millions, but thousands and thousands of people have listened to this prior to them taking it down. You see what I'm saying? But thousands of these people have have done this, and, you know, it's just amazing. It's just amazing to me that you would do that. So not only, not only, you see what I'm saying, were you insensitive as fuck with this whole entire idea and, and situation, but, but, then you were equally, if not more, disrespectful about that girl's business and your family business 
you see, because we definitely didn't need to know that. Now, I know that you got the TV show with the family hustle and friends and all of this stuff, but you know what, though? You know it's stuff you don't share. We don't know all of this extra stuff that was going on. You see what I'm saying? So you don't share everything. Why would you share that? She's a teenage girl, too, out here in the mean streets of Atlanta, Georgia. All right? Where where chicks is getting snatched up left and right, getting put in sex trafficking, and you up here advertising that your daughter is a whole virgin. Now, why wouldn't a gang of people try to go and snatch up Deja? Because you will pay. Or they just got your girl, she's a virgin, and then they'll get paid significantly because she's a virgin. You see what I'm... Like... You see, but, 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 but do you see what I'm saying, though? It's like his, he, like many men, didn't think anything through. You didn't even think two seconds past where you were at. You definitely didn't think a week past. You didn't think a few years past when Deja is not speaking to you or doesn't have much to say to you because you put her in a precarious situation now where she's got to constantly be concerned about what things look like and what she can do And because a video came out a couple of days after all of this happened where it was Zonique, who was Tiny's daughter. It is uh, Rejane, who was Toya and Little Wayne's daughter. Who Those two were best friends, right? And then... Um, and then little Deja was in there too. I think they were in Mexico having a good time. And the girls was in the video dancing. You know, just doing girl shit. You know, dancing, being cute, being stupid, whatever. Deja saw that it was recorded. Deja, listen, it was like the roadrunner bit. She was out of there. She was out of there. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, this child is 18. She should be out here doing all kinds of dumb stuff. Being loud. Being boisterous. Being young. Wild and free. Like, it shouldn't be what it is for her right now and apparently i didn't see all of this because i don't follow her she's a child i don't follow her but um apparently she's liked a lot of tweets and a lot of things that people have had to say about her dad being overprotective and overbearing and all of these things in the hypocrite she also unfollowed him i guess from social media and such and you know makes good sense i mean i I guess. I mean, it's still your dad, so hopefully a conversation can be had. And I'm hoping that this conversation consists of Deja speaking only. Because, see, T.I. doesn't have to have anything to say in this situation, so you've already said enough. You've already done enough. You fucked this up. Let me tell you how we're going to fix this. Fuck your personal shit. Fuck the professional shit. How we're going to fix us is that you're going to have to leave my business up out of your stuff. You know what I mean? Don't worry about all that. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, it's frustrating. And then another level of frustration for me is, you know, as women, we have to be 100% clear that things will never be 100% equal. But I like to think that if you're going to be one way with your parents, I mean, with your children, you should be one way with all of them. But I know that that's unrealistic because people are way more lenient with boys than they are with girls. Men and women are. Now, there are tons of examples where the father is a complete pushover for the daughter and he's completely hard on the son. And there's situations where the, 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 the mom is a complete pushover for the son and, you know, really gives it to the daughter or the or the saint or vice versa there's tons of scenarios that are like that but for the most part these dads out here are not concerned about how many chicks their sons is knocking down but they are terrified horrified that their daughter could be 
fucking or sucking or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and then there was another situation brought up that Charlemagne couldn't even handle. And it's because men can't understand things that they haven't thought of already. So when when the girl says, um, I think it was Ida Rodriguez who was on Brilliant Idiots this week or last week, when she said, when she said, um, there's a thing that they call, you know, a virgin in your vagina. That means that you're doing everything else. You're out here giving head, you're fucking in the ass, you're doing all these things. So is that okay? So she can be doing sloppy, she can be doing all of these things, you know what I'm saying? But, but like, you're most concerned about the hymen, you see what I'm saying? And it's like, it's a lot of, con- it's a lot of concerns with that. It's a lot of concerns with that. So, I mean, overall, obviously, I disagree with T.I., I think that he's a damn fool for this. I think Charlemagne's an idiot, and Charlemagne, not, not Charlemagne, and DJ Envy is—he doesn't have a mind of his own anyway. Unfortunately, I like him a lot. I think the real estate stuff is super dope, but as far as this kind of stuff, like I don't know, man. This is—I don't know. DJ Envy done did too much um, light skin stuff for me to take him serious. But Charlemagne, I really am disappointed with him. And I've been disappointed with him a couple of times. The first time was when Amara um, Lenegra was there to talk. And she was talking about, you know, um, colorism in the Afro-Latino community. They sat there and act like they did not understand what she was saying. Like, because you didn't know it existed and had never seen it, don't sit here and be confused about what she's saying because you understand words. You know what I mean? So they pissed me off with that shit. And then with this situation, he has truly disappointed me. I'm like, damn, Charlamagne, I really thought you was doing better. And when and the problem is, is that the, the it's, it's my fault. Because when somebody talks about healing and mental health, and going to therapy, and trying to work shit out, and all of these things, like, when people talk about stuff like that, I expect them to really, truly walk the walk, in that I expect for you to be on a higher plane, I expect for you to be better than that, and I think that that was my fault, that was my fault, you know, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have never thought that he could be incapable of being an ass because that's all he's ever shown me. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I totally disagree with Tip doing this. I understand that he could do whatever he wants to do with his with his kids, his house, his rules. I'm 100% on board with that. You shouldn't have said this on the podcast and embarrassed the shit out of your daughter. You shouldn't have done that. And more importantly... I'm going to need you to be more concerned about your sons coming up having sex because, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the, the one in particular is already having sex and he's like 15. So, so that's okay. You know what I mean? Like that, that's cool. So it's like, I can't, I can't understand and he won't ever be able to help me to understand, you know, just because he has a penis and he's kind of like you when you were that age doesn't mean that it's okay. Because again, you got a hundred different kids and a hundred different baby mamas and there's nothing that I would want. You have not been the example that you're trying to make your daughters be. You see what I'm saying? You have not given them the vision or the view of a good man. You haven't done that. So I fear for Harris. Harris. Is her name Harris or Harris? Harris Harris. It's Harris. Harris Harris. Why did they do that to her? Harris Harris. My God. 
Um, but nah, man, I feel for, for Eris because, you know, I guess by the time she gets to this place in another 16 years or so, well, another 12 years or so, maybe he'll have, have adopted a different way of, 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 uh, living, you know, in a different way of thinking. Um, something tells me in this time he will have to, because something tells me that baby girl will not tolerate the shenanigans. You see, uh, she, cause she kind of already doesn't. No, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. And I'm hoping that Tiny will have more sense as well. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that he didn't care about Zonique's or Messiah's or Damani's virginity. I'm pretty sure that he didn't care about their virginity. But all of a sudden, here we go with poor Deja. Simply because she's a beautiful young lady. And people have expressed wanting to, to do things to her that grown people do to grown people. And, you know, that's just what it is. So apparently that's really tripped him out and he uh, couldn't handle it so that's what the situation is so I just hope that the child isn't too traumatized or too aggravated or too whatever about the situation I hope they can have the conversation that's needed and on top of that I hope that um, whatever if there's a problem I hope that's remedied because this conversation has to happen. T.I. needs to understand, okay, you know, I embarrassed my baby girl. I was trying to do this, but I accomplished the complete opposite. I need to evaluate this and do better for the next go-round that's sitting at the house that's four years old right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's crazy. So, you know, I just hope they can get it together. Um, but that is definitely all I had. I'm trying to think, was there anything else I was going to say? I don't think so. I think that's it. Anything happened this week? Let me look on my little what you call to see if there's anything else that I can discuss. Oh, yeah. Damn. I don't know how I didn't. So this week, this week I saw, um, or last week I saw Jadena. Yeah, I saw Jadena and I saw um, Rhapsody, Big Crit, and Damani Harris um, in Charlotte at the Fillmore. And it's fantastic. Jadena's concert was on a Sunday night, beginning of last week. So I went to that and it was a good time or whatever. He's great. He's a great performer. It was long. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. We. Uh, our feet was killing us, cause we was there, and then he had two openers, oh, you know, opening acts, and then it was him, and he was up there for about an hour. Listen, my dog was barked. You understand me? But I adjusted that situation on Saturday, the following Saturday or last Saturday that just passed, because I needed to be comfortable. So when we went to go see Big Crit, Rhapsody, and um, and Damani. I definitely had on sneakers. Okay, I was not playing around with these people. Um, actually, I didn't. I don't think I had sneakers on. I had the little. I have these black and white um, flat shoes, slipping. I don't know. I don't know how to explain them. But I had on my black and whites, and it extremely comfortable. It was very cold though. 
but we did the Uber thing, and so we wasn't really out there freezing our ass off like that. So it was pretty cool. We were very happy to go and see. Um, Rhapsody was dope as fuck. If y'all want to see videos of that, I'll post some of those up on the um, Mill Speaks page. I'm trying to post more shit on Mill Speaks page because I clearly I realize I don't do uh, nearly as much as I should. And so I'm definitely gonna start posting videos on there. Um, because I post everything on my private page, but I think I need to show, you know what I'm saying, some of that shit to, to the podcast folks as well, um, I'm trying to think of what else, um, Big Crit was phenomenal, Damani was good, I was really impressed with Damani, like, they only gave him, like, eight minutes to perform, which I thought was cray, but, you know, he did pretty good, by 8.15 he was, he was gone, because they asked him to come back and do another song, I think, but, you know, he was doing pretty damn good. And I was really impressed with the whole situation. Um, so, good good for Damani. Good for Damani. He, I don't think that he's lyrically dope right now. Not yet. At least he hasn't shown us stuff that he's, like, lyrically, lyrically dope. He's talked a lot of things that are good. He's got great content. But, like, as far as, as, far as wordplay goes... You know, he's not there yet, or he's not there. I, I, who knows? He might not ever be there. I don't know where his trajectory is because, you know, he's he's done a couple of albums, and I've listened to his last two, and, you know, I enjoyed them. The first one, though, I really liked. The Amag- I think it's called Amag- Amagdala, and I really enjoyed that um, tremendously. And then the latest album was okay. I liked it. It was okay. Um... So, you know, it was good. Rhapsody was second, and she was up there for about 30, 35 minutes or so. She did all of, most of the songs off Eve. Um, she did a lot of great songs, and then she did state, and not necessarily at the concert, but after the concert, she stated that in 2020, there will be an Eve concert, like tour, Eve tour, which I can't wait, because she said that she wants to do it more like storytellers. She said she wants to, um do songs that didn't make the cut and so and she has so many songs uh you know so many more songs and i was like man i cannot wait for this and hopefully she releases a part two eve part two album and puts them shits on there that'd be great um and then of course big crit was last and i think he was up there for about maybe 30 45 minutes or so maybe about 45 minutes and, um, he did crazy. He, he, listen, Big Crit, these people who came to see him, these people are the fans that have been Big Crit's fans since the beginning of time. Okay, straight up. Like, because I, I didn't know some of them songs, and they were so amped up. Like, they were so lit. And I was like, damn, I don't know this shit. Now, it's like every, every two songs I would know, you know? Um... Uh, but I have tremendous respect for Big Crit because he's great, and I know that he's felt like he hasn't always been the, um, been given his his just due. I think him and Wale are in the same boat. I think they both kind of feel like they weren't given their just due. But the reason I like Big Crit over Wale is because Wale seems like a fraud, and Big Crit does not. So there's that. Um, but yeah. Um, but no, it was a fantastic time. I obviously enjoyed myself with my best friend, Carrie. Um, I enjoyed um, the second concert. It was Carrie. And then um, our friend, Donnell, came with. And it was really cool. And it's always great hanging out with my friends. Like, I... <laughs> I don't, I don't like to say things like, oh, I'm the best, I got the best friends, you know, all of these things, but, nah, you know what I mean, nah, 
I love I love my friends and they they love me right back and that's all I can ever ask for. So to me, they are the fucking best. Um, but that's it. That's all I got for y'all. Listen, I gave y'all an hour and thirty some odd goddamn minutes. I check. Okay, guy. I'm almost hitting the read lengths. My God. Believe me, this would be the last time I'm up to this hour and 30 minute mark, I think. <laughs> but I figure it's been a several weeks, so, you know, there's that. And so, um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this show. Uh, I know that I have, just getting back in the swing of things. And, um, just holler at me. Holler at me on social media. I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter. And I am on Instagram. Twitter is Mills the Virgo. Instagram is Mills Speaks. Facebook is Mills Speaks. Um, and of course, I'm on several platforms to listen to. If you guys come across a new platform that has podcasts, now I'm not there, let me know. Because I found a new platform and I was like, all right, I got to get my shit on here. I searched my name, I was already there. I was like, roll them, you know? So I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, 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 so y'all hit me up, and, um, I'm not gonna say it'll be next week, but I wanna, I, I wanna give it an old college try that I'll be able to maintain this, uh, back to a week, but as we get closer to Black Friday and the holidays and me working at one of the bigger retail stores, um, for that shenanigans, who knows, we'll see how tired I am. And how able I am to to make this happen. Um, But until next time, I hope that you guys have a great fucking week. And, uh, you know, turn this bitch up to 11. I'm out. Holla.